You are listening to the She Runs the Show podcast with Cassandra Vaughn, episode 134, the solo series. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of She Runs the Show. Cassandra Von Worsley here. Whenever I record early morning podcast episodes, you know, I have that, um, that wake up voice, that wake up voice. And so I'm listening to myself and I'm like, wow, I don't sound like me. Only this is me first thing in the morning. And once again, for those of you who listen to She Runs the Show pretty regularly, you know, I, I go into meditation. And then sometimes an episode comes during meditation and that's what happened this morning. So before I work out, before I lift weights, before I go out into nature and do my run walk that I do every morning, I wanted to make sure that I got this message out there. For those of you who are new to She Runs the Show, let me say welcome and thank you for listening. She Runs the Show is a podcast that, you know, I designed it for women entrepreneurs. I designed it for women entrepreneurs who knew that they wanted to have both relationships that rock and businesses that thrive. And I have a lot of people who aren't entrepreneurs who listen. And I say welcome because we deserve to have both in life careers that thrive and relationships that rock. And for those of you who are male entrepreneurs, you know, the same feeling we want to have both. There's no reason why in life we've got to choose one thing over the other. We have to rob Peter to pay Paul. That kind of consciousness is over. It's over. And so in today's episode, I want to talk about a few things. I have started a new YouTube playlist. I just started it yesterday. It is called Inner Strength for Entrepreneurs. And I would say if you are struggling with how do I build a business and how do I have staying power and how do I avoid shiny object syndrome and how do I stay strong? That is a playlist that is going to be really powerful. Now it's got one video at the moment, but it will have many, many more over time. So if you go to youtube.com forward slash Cassandra Vaughn TV, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel and you can get access to those videos. I've got a lot of other videos on there about focus and finding your inner badass. Of course, that's from our Facebook community. But for sure, go and subscribe at youtube.com forward slash Cassandra Vaughn TV, and you'll get all of the updates. <laughs> Notice my voice is cracking because I'm just waking up and coming out of meditation, which is always beautiful and wonderful to experience. So the episode that came to me during meditation this morning is this six ways to love life while you're waiting for things to change. Now, this was an interesting, I, I think it's a combination of this exact episode title coming to me in meditation, but also had a great conversation with an entrepreneur friend yesterday. And we talked about this idea of, um, you know, when you're ready to make major changes in your life, when you're ready to make major shifts. And, and so often from the outside, when people see that you've made major shifts, the question that we tend to get when we finally do the thing that we have wanted or needed to do. And that could be losing a lot of weight and getting seriously healthy. That could be ending a, um, a bad marriage that could be, uh, you know, finally moving from a city or a state that you've been telling everybody and anybody that you hate living in for years, whatever the major life change is that you've been wanting to make. One of the first questions that you get, cause I've gotten this question many times, from people who know you when you finally make that change, when you finally do that thing. One of the questions that you get from people, people will ask you, you know, 
what took you so long? What took you so long to make the decision? What, what, you know, we could see the writing on the wall about that relationship or about that job or, um, about what you needed to do differently. We saw it. How come you didn't see it? Or you break up with somebody and, you know, all of your family and friends say, well, I didn't really like that person anyway, you know, or I didn't think they were good for you. And it's an interesting situation to be in because it's almost as if when people ask that, and I know that for the most part, they don't mean it, but it's almost as if when people ask the question, like, what took you so long? What they're saying is, is, you know, why did you waste time? Why did you, why did you, you know, why didn't you do what you knew you needed to do? And I had this epiphany as I was talking to my entrepreneur friend yesterday about, and I just was really thinking about some of the major things in my life where it did take me quite a while to make a decision. You know, um, my first marriage was an 11 year marriage. It took me 10 of those years to get super clear that this was not for me. I mean, 10 years, you know, from, from 18 to 28, 29, it took me a long time to figure out that that was not for me. And I was thinking about it yesterday and I was like, what, you know, is that the right question? Number one, what took me so long? Is that the right question? Cause so often we get that question and then we start to beat up on ourselves because we look back on it and we go, damn, I wasted 10 years of my life in that marriage. Or, you know, man, I knew at year five that this was done. What was I thinking? Right. Have you ever had that moment? What was I thinking? Why did I stay at that job so long? Or why did I stay in that toxic, toxic friendship for so long? Or, or what took me seven years to finally drop these 30 pounds or these 50 pounds? We all have those moments where we do this internal blaming, shaming, guilting sort of thing, which is then fueled by other people who ask you the question, what took so long when you're finally out of those situations or you finally made those changes? And so today's episode, I want to talk about that because there is a power, there's a power to the weight. There is a necessity to the weight, whatever your weight is, however long your weight is, there is meaning in it. There's necessity in it. And far too often we blame ourselves for embracing the weight and for allowing the process to take the time that it takes because we live in a world on the one hand that says, don't wait, you'll never be ready, which with certain things like even marriage babies, you're never going to be ready for a baby. I hate to tell you, if you're like trying to do this whole, I'm going to save $300,000 and then I'm going to buy this house and you know I'm going to get to a certain point in my career. You're never going to be ready for a baby. Boom. Drop the mic. Never. Like there are certain things that you just don't wait for because you just will never be ready enough. But there are also th- certain things in life, certain major life pivots and decisions that if you rush them, if you uh, dive into them because you you have FOMO, fear of missing out, if you don't take the time that it takes specifically for you and everybody's different, then you're going to miss out on some of the biggest spiritual lessons for yourself in that experience. And so I want to talk today about six ways to love life while you're waiting for things to change. Because so often we're waiting. I mean, I, I think for the most part, 
we might have some areas that are amazing, but we're waiting for things in other areas to change. We're always, you know, we're kind of geared to look for, okay, this area is great. So I'm not even going to look at that. I'm not going to appreciate it. I'm not going to focus on, I'm just going to focus on the weaknesses. Let me improve my weaknesses, which that's a whole other episode that I could talk about how that's so the wrong place to live, trying to make your weaknesses strengths. But I won't do that in this episode. On this episode, I want to talk about six ways to love life while you're waiting for things to change. Here's the reality. And you know this because you've been on the planet long enough to know this. Things don't always go according to plan. Things, in fact, I would say things rarely go exactly according to the plan we laid out, whether we laid out that plan at 16, at 26, at 36, at 46, or at 66. They rarely go according to plan. And the issue is that when things start to go, what I call la vida loca, when things start to go sideways, some of us freeze up when that happens because it was supposed to go according to plan, right? It was supposed to be this way. It was, it was supposed to happen like this. And then when it doesn't, or when we wake up one day and we realize this is not where I want to be, this is not what I want to be doing. This is not what I signed up for. Well, yes, you signed up for it. Let's just be honest. Yes, you signed up for it because you're here. So you signed up for it in some way, shape or form. But when we have that epiphany that things are not going the way that we want them to go or the way that we plan them to go, some of us freeze up when that happens. And so I, I love, you know, that there are a couple of things. There's this quote by the fairy godmother, and I think this is from Cinderella, but don't, don't quote me on that because it's been a long time since I've seen Cinderella, where the fairy godmother says, even miracles take a little time you know, even miracles, right? Like you want a baby, you get pregnant. You still got 40 weeks before you even see that baby. Miracles of all sorts, whether it's building a business or meeting the love of your life or ending a a relationship or changing careers, even miracles take a little time. So we, we, we're so quick to jump to, well, what am I not doing? And what am I not saying? And how am I not showing up? And, and what do I need to do in therapy? And we're so quick to blame ourselves for our lack of forward movement. And there is accountability in that. But I think far too often we are holding ourselves accountable for things and situations that only life can bring to us. So, It's important to remember, number one, even miracles take a little time. And then the other thing to remember, and I like to remind myself of this a lot because I, I get impatient a lot. I really do. I'm, I'm a, you know, so I was due on January the 1st, but I was born on January the 15th. And I think that was just my soul saying to me, like, this is going to be spiritual graduate school. So you might as well stay in utero for 15 more days because you're a warrior and you're going to have a warrior's life. So I think I stayed in in utero for an extra 15 days because I knew that this, this time around was going to be interesting and fun, but very challenging. But other than being born 14 or 15 days late, I am, I, I'm a fast mover. I am someone who walks fast. I am somebody who, if I'm not careful, talks fast. I am someone who, uh, I just, I love to get stuff done. I am really not about talking. I'm about action, which is good in a way and is also bad in a way because there is, there's a lot of powerful things move when you intend and when you think and when you reflect and when you wait. And I've never been very good at waiting. So one of the things I say to myself a lot is a quote by Louise L. Hay. 
And her quote was, impatience is resistance to learning. Impatience is resistance to learning. Anytime we're trying to force things, make things happen, which, you know, I go through seasons of this all the time where I, I take on the role of manager of the universe, only to be reminded that I am not manager of the universe, only to put the job down and fire myself. And then I go do it again. We all have moments of this. And in those moments, I say to myself, okay, we're being impatient. Like we're trying to force something that can't be forced. At the end of the day, impatience is resistance to learning. So it's important to remember that. But here's the problem for most of us, right? Because we have this blueprint in our minds of how long it's supposed to take to arrive. You know, when I was 16, I was like, by the time I'm 25, I'm going to be exact. I'm going to be top of the world, exactly where I want to be. And then you get to 25 and you realize, oh, there's a really long life that happens after 25. And now at 40, I feel like I'm beginning all over again. I feel like I'm starting at 16 all over again. I'm going, man, if I could get to 90, I've got a whole, I've got more life left than what I've lived. So it's, it's almost like being 16 again. But the reality is when, when arriving is taking longer than you'd like, there is going to be that frustration. There is going to be that impatience. And in those moments, it's important to find a way to find a way because you're going to have to find it to find a way to fall in love with the process of becoming great. That's from a Red Bull commercial, by the way, fall in love with the process of becoming great. I, I saw that years ago and I thought there's my line and it's from a Red Bull commercial. So um, when arriving is taking longer than you like, it's important to find a way to fall in love with the process of becoming great. So you don't miss out on the real reason you chose the journey in the first place. There are reasons why you're on the path you're on. There are re- there were people you were supposed to meet along the way. There were relationships you were supposed to be in. There were decisions you were supposed to make. There were um, degrees, certifications, conferences, th- periods of sadness and grief and loss and joy and pleasure. There are so many reasons that you and your infinite wisdom chose the journey you're on. Like, let's have a gratitude moment for that, for the infinite wisdom of knowing that we needed this specific spiritual classroom, that we needed the weights that we've experienced, that we need. And even though sometimes you come out of situations, you go, I could just kick myself for how long I stayed there and did that. There is, there's meaning in it. There's necessity in it. There's value in it. And so important to really in the moment when you're struggling with the weight, in the moment when you're feeling impatient to focus on finding a way to fall in love with the process of becoming great. So today's episode is all about how do you do that? Cause you know, it sounds really cute, right? You're like, Cassandra, that sounds great, but you're not me and you don't know what I'm going through. So how exactly am I supposed to do that? Glad you asked. We're going to talk about six ways to love life while you're waiting for things to change. Here's number one. You got to know the difference between stalling and waiting. You've got to know that. And you know, I'm going to say this and a lot of people are not going to like to hear this. Everybody does know the difference between stalling and waiting. You feel it on a gut level. You feel it on a soul level. You know, and I'll say this for myself. I knew at year five of marriage, number one, I knew at year five that this should be done, needed to be done. I knew that I was, that this was not for me, but I pressed forward another five to six years after that. And so a lot of that 
a lot of, a piece of that was I needed to learn certain things that I could not learn any other way at that time. But a lot of that looking back was I was stalling. I was stalling the pain. I was stalling the regret. I was stalling, um, the fear I was stalling the fear big time. I was stalling a lot of things, but stalling something doesn't change the inevitable, the inevitability of it happening. And so you've got to know the difference between stalling and waiting. So why does this cause you to love life while you're waiting for things to change? Because when you understand that stalling involves hesitation and doubt and fear and not taking action on the things you can take action on right now, and you understand that waiting is waiting involves being still, but not standing still. It's a very important distinction. Wait when it's truly waiting and not stalling, you are, you might be being still, but you, but you're not standing still. So waiting is, um, my gut's telling me it's not time to get up from this right now. My gut, my intuition is telling me I need to really reflect and think and intend and plan. And I really need to go on the inside, strengthen myself first. That's waiting. But you'll always know when you're stalling because whenever there is a predominance of hesitation and doubt and fear, and here's, here's the key thing that you know that you're stalling versus waiting. When you in this moment, as you are wishing for things to be different, and yet you're not taking action on the things you can take action on right now, you know, you're stalling period. Like if you're doing all you can do in this moment, it's waiting. But if you are complaining and unhappy and blaming and talking about the fact that you need to get up from here and you need to take action, but you're not taking the action stalling. So number one thing you can do to love life while you're waiting for things to change is know the difference between stalling and waiting. Second thing you can do to love life while you're waiting for things to change. And this one was hard for me. I mean, this is, this is, this is still hard for me. You have to accept that there are some game changing moves you cannot force plan or make happen. You know, I'm very driven. And I think most people who listen to this podcast are very driven. And when you're driven and when you're an overachiever, you're like, boom, I can make anything happen. You're like, you know, I can make this, you know, you're just built on this whole idea of, uh, creating what you want and going after what you want and achieving what you want. And I had to learn through very important life experiences that I had to accept that there are some game changing moves that I could not force plan or make happen. Prime example, my first marriage, I wasn't ready at year five. Like I knew at year five that I was, that this was not for me. I knew it then, but I wasn't ready at year five to say, okay, done. And it took another five or six years, really five years is, is when I had that moment. And here's the thing. Lots of people want to, want to make themselves ready for something they're not yet ready for. And what I like to say, and what I was talking to my entrepreneur friend about yesterday, we got to talking about light bulb moments, epiphanies. And my thing is you can't force a light bulb moment. You also can't deny one. This is a very important thing to understand. You can't force a light bulb moment you also can't deny one. And so for me at year five of, of my first marriage, I, I knew that this was not for me, but I did not have that, that what I called the switch flipping, the switch had not flipped yet. I did not have that light bulb moment. There wasn't anything in my spirit, my soul, in my gut that said it is time to leave. 
and, and everybody's different. Everybody, you know, some people beat themselves up because they're like, why did it take me so long to leave? Or why did it take me so long to figure this out? Or why did it take me so long to, you know, change things? Everybody's got a different switch that flips at a different point. And the reality is, is you've got to accept that there are some game changing moves in your life that you cannot force, you cannot plan, and you cannot make happen because you can't force a light bulb moment. You also can't deny one. So when I had the light bulb moment in year, it must've been year nine or 10 of my first marriage. When I had that light bulb moment in the middle of a wedding reception, I just knew, I knew that, that here it is. This was done. That is finished moving on. And there was no going back after that. That's how you know that you've had a light bulb moment when the the switch flips and you are now in a totally different zone. Your headspace is different. You are absolutely crystal clear on what you need to do next. And, and you're no longer emotionally triggered or tied to the what ifs of it. That's how you know a light bulb moment happens. And the reality is, here's the part where you've got to accept and embrace the fact that you can't force that moment to come, but you also can't deny it. Can't deny it once it happens. So the second thing that you can do to love life while you're waiting for things to change is really accept that there are some game-changing moves you cannot force, plan, or make happen. Third way that you can love life while you're waiting for things to change, whether it's waiting for things to change in your life, in your business, typically it's both. Life and business are intricately connected. Third way you can love your life while you're waiting for things to change is this. Take courageous action in areas where you can make an impact today. Focus on taking the level and quality of action today that will have you going to bed feeling fully alive and satisfied with where you spent your life today. I think that is one of my biggest pet peeves. When I feel like my, when I feel like I'm spending my day which every day that you're spending on stuff that doesn't matter, you're wasting your life, right? That's the reality. When I get to the end of a day and I look back on what I spent the day on and I say, I just wasted 24 hours of my life. I just, I didn't get every, I didn't get every moment in. I didn't get everything in. I didn't uh, fully live. I, there is nothing that makes me more pissed off than when I get to the end of a day and I look at the day and I go, what did I accomplish today? What did I take action on today? Did I focus on what matters today? When I look back on a day and I see that I didn't do that, I didn't take courageous action in areas that can make an impact today. I'm pissed because that is one day of my life that I don't ever get back. And so you can really love life even while you're waiting for things to change. If you just focus moment by moment every single day on what really matters for me, what's important for me, you know, doing this podcast is important for me. So I'm starting my day on the right foot because I am doing what matters to me, what is important for me. So taking courageous action in areas where you can make an impact today, focusing on that so that when you go to bed, you go to bed feeling like you crushed it. You know, you go to bed feeling like, man, I did that thing, right? Like right now I'm having this episode with my workouts where I know how much weight I want to lose in the next 32 weeks. And I also know what it's going to take for me to do that. And I'm getting my morning walk runs in, but I'm not getting my lifting in. I'm not getting my uh, P90X3 in. I'm not getting my body comp. I'm not getting the high intensity workouts that I need to be getting in if I'm going to hit that goal in the next 32 weeks. And yesterday I was pissed. Yesterday I was like, you know, because I was breaking my workouts into early morning and then evening, but I'm never doing the evening workouts so far. And I'm three days in. And 
I realized that for me, courageous action is not just what I do in my business. And it's not just what I do in my life. It also has to be about what I do in my fitness. And if I'm not making sure that that's getting done, then I'm still going to bed, not feeling fully alive and not feeling fully satisfied. So one way you can love your life while you're waiting for things to change is really wake up in the morning and go, what really matters to me? What does courageous action look like for me today? How can I make a major impact on my life today? And then do those things first and get them done first. So you're not going to bed regretting that you spent time in other areas that were not as important or didn't matter as much. Fourth way that you can love life while you're waiting for things to change. Find fulfillment today. You know, so often people, people, they mistake achievement for fulfillment and achievement is not fulfillment. Achievement might lead to fulfillment, but achievement and fulfillment are not the same things. Fulfillment is a feeling. It's not an accomplishment. And very often fulfillment comes through giving, not achieving. It comes from helping others. It comes from being there for someone. It comes from feeling like you, like you're seen, you're heard, but also you see and you hear other people. And the reality is fulfillment is a feeling that never comes from anyone else. No one can give it to you. No one can bring it to you. No one can provide it for you. Fulfillment is something that always comes from you to you and not from another to you. And I love this Byron Katie quote. Byron Katie is the one who does the work. And if you don't know the work or the four questions, go to thework.org and just experience a Byron Katie video. She's pretty amazing. And Byron Katie said, I stopped waiting for the world to give me what I wanted. I started giving it to myself. I stopped waiting for the world to give me what I wanted. I started giving it to myself. And those are the words of Byron Katie. And that's the reality of fulfillment. Fulfillment is not something the world can give you. It is only something you can give to yourself. And you give yourself fulfillment in what you do in the world, how you show up for the world, how you give to others. When you're on a phone call with somebody, are you fully present? Are you available for the journey? When you're on a conference call, are you fully present? Are you, I mean, fulfillment is so much about how you're showing up for you and for life and for today. And so often we think fulfillment is accomplishment and achievement, and it's not. Some people get fulfillment by achieving, but that doesn't last. That, that, that's not a lasting fulfillment. Your lasting fulfillment is understanding that's a feeling that you produce and you give to you. And typically you get fulfilled by giving to others, but they're not giving you that feeling of fulfillment. You're giving it to yourself. So again, Byron Katie, I stopped waiting for the world to give me what I wanted. I started giving it to myself. Powerful. Find fulfillment today. That's the fourth way to love your life while you're waiting for things to change. Here's the fifth way to love your life while you're waiting for things to change. And this is one that, you know, lots of people who don't consider themselves religious or spiritual, you know, they might say, well, okay, this doesn't apply to me. Well, it kind of really does. I'm not even going to back off from that. Of course it does. You've got to trust in a power higher than you. I, I don't really care what you call it. The universe, life, uh, God, Heavenly Father, I, I don't care what you call it, but there comes a moment where you realize that you either believe in a universe that is for you, or you believe in a universe that is against you. You either believe in a higher power that's got your back, is always by your side, is guiding your steps, or you believe that you're out here alone trying to do this whole thing called life by yourself, and that all of the sucky moments are your fault, and all of the great moments are your 
or because of you. It's just a crazy thing to believe that there is nothing greater or higher than you that is guiding you, leading you and intervening on your behalf. And so I've always been somebody who has believed in a power higher than me, in a God that has always had my back. And in tough moments, in hard moments, there's a, a, a there's a Bible verse in Psalms that I love and that I say in really tough moments. And this is a, a Psalm that David said, um, King David said, and he said, take me to the rock that is higher than I. Take me to the rock that is higher than I. Because there are moments when you're waiting for things to change. There are moments when you are you know you're not where you need to be, or you know that it's time to get up and move on from this place, this situation, this experience. And yet nothing's really shifting or moving. And in those moments where you have a clear awareness that it's time to go, but the, the elements are not ready for you to leave, you've got to believe in something. You, you have to trust that life is for you. You have to trust that everything is working out the way that it's meant to. And you have to be able to say in moments where you just feel like giving up because nothing feels like it's budging, even though you know it has to move, you have to say, take me to the rock that is higher than I and trust in a power higher than you. That's a way to love life, even while you're waiting for things to change. Sixth and final way that you can uh, love life while you're waiting for things to change and I love this one because it's, it's a work in progress every single day. For me, at least it's a work. See your future in every moment and embody the person you're going to become now. And I find this one hardest for me in fitness. You know, I, I think it was very, it was very simple when I was very, very fit and I was a trainer and I taught spin and hip hop aerobics and I trained people at a high end gym. I think when I lived that professional life, it was easier, even though I actually lost journey, I lost the weight after becoming a personal trainer. Like I got super fit after becoming a personal trainer. So I didn't start out fit, but I became super fit as I was training. I think it was super simple then for me to embody that really fit person because I was, I eventually became that really fit person. And when I was that really fit person, I was getting affirmation and validation from people outside of me that man, like, you know, I would have women come up to me in a class and go, I can't believe you've had a baby. That's how fit I was at that time. And it was easier then to see myself that way and embody that person because I was that person. I mean, from the outside, I was that person. Here's the thing though. When I think back to how did I become that person from somebody who wasn't that person, the way that I did it is with this way number six, when I finally decided to lose the weight, I did not focus on where I was. I literally put my head down and I did the work every single day as uncomfortable as it was in, in any fitness journey, the first six weeks where you just don't feel good in your body. And yet you've got to do these crazy workouts and you know, you're giving up sugar and you're eating a, in a different way. I mean, that is hard because you're not seeing the results for the first six weeks, but you're doing the work and you're very uncomfortable in your body, right? So the first six weeks are tough, but I made a commitment when I started that I was not going to pay attention to where I was, that I was going to put my head down. I was going to take it one day at a time. I was going to be a champion in the gym. I was going to be a champion with my food and I was just going to do the work. I was going to trust that I was going to eventually get there. I was even going to let go of how long it was going to take me. I was just going to do the work every day. 
And so I embodied that inner badass that I talk about in my Facebook community. I embodied that fit person, even when I wasn't fit. And I just put my head down and I did the work. And I'm, I'm working to get back into that space now. It's, it's more challenging for many reasons, which I won't go into on this episode. But anytime you're waiting for life to change, it is a, it is a very conscious, vigilant effort that you have to make on a daily basis to embody and see yourself as the you you're going to be once you've arrived at that goal, once you're no longer waiting, once things have changed. It is, it is work. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. It is work to say to yourself in every moment, okay, who am I today? The, the who I, am I a year from now or five years from now? How do I embody that version of me today? How do I step into that version of me today? How do I be that version? It is work. It is not simple. It's not easy. And you have to be very vigilant about consciously saying to yourself in every moment, okay, how would that me respond to life today? How would that version of me five years from now do life today? How would that version of me make decisions today? And you've got to constantly bring yourself back into embodying the future you because the present you is so grounded by habit that the present you will take over in any moment that you're not thinking about it. So there's a lot of, of, of vigilance that goes into really seeing your future in every moment and embodying the person you're going to become now. But here's the thing. The moment you make the embodying the person you're going to become now your habit, then it's, you don't have to be as on guard or as vigilant. And then what you'll see is the results come faster. The life changes faster because you're not operating from the mindset that created where you currently are. You're operating with the, the embodiment of who you're going to be, who you actually really are on the inside. I mean, it's not a, I'm, I'm pretending to be somebody I'm not. All of those yous are in there. The best you, the greatest you, the most powerful you, the weakest you, the suckiest you, they're all in you. So you're just activating a different part of you, the part of you that's going to predominantly run the show in five years. You're simply working to activate that you now. And so when you see your future in every moment and you embody the person you're going to become now, you take action in a stronger way. You you view life differently and, and you view life in a more powerful way and you get to the results faster. So then you don't worry about impatience because you're already the you that you were planning to be anyway. So I say all of this to say that even miracles take a little time, that if you've been beating yourself up about why you stayed so long in something or did something for so long or, or why you didn't make the, you didn't move from one city to the next or, or, or why you're still staying in something that you know it, it's time for it to be done, whatever you're dealing with. I don't know what you're dealing with, but here's what I'm going to say. We've all been there. We all are there in certain arenas of our lives. I can tell you right now, I'm waiting for my body to change. <laughs> so in my fitness, I'm certainly in the spot and impatience is resistance to learning wherever you are with it. Here's the thing. There are lots of things you can do to love your life while you're waiting for things to change lots. And it begins with these six things. And it ends with you loving you through the process and with you knowing that you are the person who can change things, but also you acknowledging and embracing the fact that the universe plays a role in it too. And that you, you want to trust the timing of your life. You really want to understand that you can't force a light bulb moment, but you also can't deny one. So don't deny your light bulb moments when they come up, pay attention to them and don't try to force them either because you can't make yourself do something you're not ready to do. And when you do that, let me just say this, when you do force yourself to do something that you're not ready to do, because I've done that many, many times, 
it typically, it typically goes wrong. That's a nice way to say it, it goes bad. It goes really bad. So don't force yourself to do things you're not ready to do. And don't let people guilt you or blame you or make you feel shame because it took you how many months or how many years to shift something in your life. There are reasons for that. And you don't have to explain those reasons to them. They don't have the right to know those reasons. But you can say to yourself, I know why it took me so long to do A, B, or C. And that's okay because it was meant for me. And I'm stronger because of it. And I'm who I am because of it. And it was necessary. Even if I feel like I knew years before what I needed to do, the light bulb didn't go up. The switch didn't flip. But when the switch does flip, yeah, you know it. You know it. And then you take action and then it's done. That's what I wanted to say. Now I need to figure out how I'm going to get all my working out in and get outside because it's light out. But again, I just wanted to say thank you for listening to the episode join our Facebook community. If you are an entrepreneur or you're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, I've got this amazing community that's building here on Facebook, private community called Fire Your Inner Critic, Find Your Inner Badass, and finally build your business. And you can join that group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash fire your inner critic. All right, everybody, I'll talk to you on the next episode of She Runs the Show. 